Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And good morning. Good Saturday morning to you. Welcome to another edition of our Smart Garden Show. Getting a lot of help this morning from Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Denny. Well, I guess we know we're in Minnesota, don't we, with this weather? <laughs> yes, and, and it seemed like it's – let's face it. We've, we've had it pretty easy up till now. I mean, pretty easy. Oh, yes. Very uh, easy. But the yeah. door has slammed shut rather <laughs> loudly. And uh, it's uh, – in fact, we, we're, we're steadily dropping now. Of course, this time of the morning, we usually do this time of year. Five above now. Uh, we're going to be probably seven below overnight tonight, and we're only going to get up to like two below tomorrow. And a listener uh, sent a text, and I, I have the same question. I think a lot of people do too. Uh, given the temperature and so little snow cover, are we going to see a lot of damage, do you think, to our perennials? 
Well, we might. Uh, I wish we had a bit more snow cover. I thought it was going to happen with this recent uh, uh, snowstorm that went through, but it didn't, you know, it did not. I think a lot of the Twin Cities still doesn't have very much snow cover. Snow is our poor man's mulch, and so we do rely on it to to protect and insulate things. It's snow is a good insulator and without it, yes, the risk is there. Now the temperatures, although they are uh, uncomfortable, that's for sure, um, they're not as bad as they could be. I mean, if it, if it was going to be 20 below uh, air temperatures without any snow cover, then I think we'd see more damage. But as long as we stay um, above 10 below, I'm hopeful things won't be too bad. Remember you and I having this discussion a few years ago, and I was thinking about my, uh, not just mine, but other folks calling in, texting in about boxwoods and other, uh, boy, I remember they, they, they took a beating a few years ago because of that very thing. Yes, they did. And uh, boxwood is one of our more uh, marginal broadleafed evergreens. Uh, so planting it on the north side of your house or where it does have some protection from winter sun and the worst of conditions, usually on the, on the south and the west sides of our home. So if you have marginal plants like boxwoods, giving them additional protection like the north side is helpful. But yes, and then last year, the rabbits got into my boxwood really? uh, little hedge. Yes, and normally boxwood is pretty offensive to wildlife eating it. It is a, it is a strong odor to humans, and we don't usually think of wildlife eating uh, boxwoods, but I think it just provided the perfect habitat. It was a cozy little spot. It was protected. We had enough snow that the rabbits found a way to get in. They could completely hide under the snow. They had a, they had a perfect little house down there and then decided, well, why not just eat what we can uh, reach close by? And they ate a lot of my boxwood, yes. We always get questions about those critters, too, among others, and no doubt we'll probably have more today. Speaking of which, if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, by all means, we'd love to hear from you either by phone or by text. Just one number to remember, 651-461-9226. Call it in, text it in, whichever is easier for you, 651-461-9226. Another text in this morning, Mary, my Christmas cactus has not bloomed yet this year. It looks pretty healthy, though. What's going on? Yes, Christmas cactus uh, set their blooms according to the temperature or the day length. So short days, which we do have now if we didn't turn on our lights in our houses, short days will induce flowering and cool temperatures in the 50s uh, also induce flowering. So you've got to provide those conditions for a month or six weeks in order for the buds to set. Um, and if you do that, regardless um, of the month it is, uh, it can flower year-round if it has those conditions. So I'd if you have a cool room with good light where you can put it and um, don't turn the lights on that might uh, be the easiest thing now julie just did a video that's up on the website on uh, repotting a christmas cactus 
So um, you can uh, see that at the Extension website, extension.umn.edu. Um, I, I watched the video, and now I'm trying to remember where the where that where's that link. We'll find that. We'll find that link and tell people. But um, Christmas cactus, uh, the one that um, she actually repotted, um, was an old heirloom plant. Um, and it had, I don't the person's mother, their grandmother, their great grandmother had this cactus. And, um, then it was repotted, uh, Julie and one of the staff at the Arboretum, uh, did that. The cactus looked terrible. I will just say this, the cactus looked like it was really on its last leg, but it did need repotted. And so, um, I think, with that step, it it will get better. But Christmas cactus can be very long-lived plants. That sounds like fun, generation yes. after generation. Uh, speaking of the website, extension.umn.edu, that must be, and I don't have any facts in front of me, but, uh, Mary, that, that has to be one of the best extension uh, websites. And I know it's very popular. You guys get a lot of hits on that. Yes, it is. Uh, I know there have been years when that was the number one um, uh, hit or the the, the most used uh, par- portion of the extension uh, website was uh, the gardening part of it and people looking for uh, information because not only can you find uh, plant information, you can find insect information. What uh, what bug is this? What insect is this? And also, uh, what weed is this? So plant identification in general, it, it's great. And there are more and more um, videos, and there's timely information uh, depending on the time of the year. You know, this time of year, you might think, well, what am I gonna what am I gonna look up about gardening? Well. You're going to look up house plants. If you have a poinsettia in your house, did you get an amaryllis? How are you going to take care of those plants? Um, seed catalogs are starting to come in your house. Did you get an amaryllis? How are you going to take care of those plants? Um, seed catalogs are starting to come in the mail. So you're planting your vegetables. You're thinking about what vegetables have done well in Minnesota. So the Master Gardener Program has lots of information on that. So it's a it's a local resource uh, for Minnesotans to really um, hone in on what will grow best and do best uh, in our rigorous climate. What I've used it for, uh, Mary, among other things, is if I was interested in, in planting a tree, which we all should be interested in, it's, it's got some great uh, pictures and ideas. Uh, it's a great resource, uh, resource for finding a tree to plant. Yes, it is. And unfortunately, lots of us are losing trees because yeah. of, <clears throat> excuse me, the emerald ash borer. And if you've got any ash on your property, yes, you have to think about what replacement trees should I put in? What tree can I put in now so that it will grow by the time uh, you have to take out your ash? It's unfortunate, but I think a lot of people will lose their ash trees. We might find some that are resistant, as we did with the elm trees. And we still have a lot of elms around, and we have great elms for uh, replacements now. But diversity is good, and yes, the website extension.umn.edu has lots of information on plant selection. Mary, I was wondering if we were going to get any questions about uh, dormant seeding grass seed. <laughs> and, and this Dexter said, can I still throw down grass seed to mix with the snow? Is that a good idea? 
You know, it's really taking a risk. The idea is that you get the seed in contact with the soil. And um, then if it snows, the snow just uh, helps to keep it in place. But if you do this reverse, you've got the snow first and then you've got the seed it's a big risk. Uh, it's it's essentially throwing caution, you know, to the wind. So I would not recommend it uh, unless you can see quite a bit of soil there. Um, dormant seeding is a good idea. I did it uh, just on the property in between my house and the neighbors this, this year. Um, it is a good idea, but if you can't get contact with the soil, it's a big risk. Yeah, for sure. All right. Mary, we're taking a quick break here, inviting our listeners to join in. Any lawn or garden question, we'd love to hear from you at 651-461-9226. You can phone it in or you can text it in. Here on News Talk 830 WCCO, it's five above zero. Good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. We are here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour inviting listeners' texts or calls, lawn or garden type, for this morning, Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota, 651-461-9226. Backing up a, a little bit, uh, uh, Mary, uh, Julie, I know Julie's uh, video you were mentioning to me off air on that Christmas cactus, that was on Channel 11, Care 11, wasn't it? Right, and the Arboretum uh, person she worked with was Ricky Garza. So you saw Ricky actually repot that cactus. So yes, you're right. That's that's it's not going to be on the website. I'm sorry. No, that's all right. Yeah, Care Eleven. You can you can check it out with uh, with those good folks. Right. Uh, again, our phone number happens to also be our text number six five one four six one nine two two six. Texter says this: I planted asparagus. And uh, this uh, previous summer, I read where I should cut back the leafy fronds when they turn brown and then place mulch on them. With the warm weather, they never turn brown. I did cut them off when they were green and then did put on uh, mulch. Will I have lost the asparagus by having uh, cut them back too early is the question. I think it depends on when you cut them back. Uh, Actually, you don't have to worry about cutting them back. And if you cut them back when they're brown, that's okay. But uh, they they were, will die naturally. The tops will die naturally. As long as they're green, they're producing uh, carbohydrates and food for the plants. So cutting them off when they're green uh, could have damaged them, but hopefully not. If it was the end of the year, like October, September, something like that, I doubt if you did any damage to them. Uh, asparagus are tough plants. They can uh, live as long as we do. They tend to be very long-lived. They do appreciate mulch. They like uh, uh, composted manure. They really benefit from uh, manure applications uh, to the soil. But uh, hopefully it will be fine. I was thinking, Mary, what what else uh, we can be doing this time of year? And I'm looking at the forecast. It's uh, calling for seven below tonight. High of two below tomorrow, high of three below Monday and the holiday. What else can we do besides looking at seed catalogs? There must be something else. <laughs> planning, well, planning ahead. 
planning ahead is right. You can think about taking classes. You know, there are classes through the Minnesota uh, State Horticulture Society as well as at the Arboretum. Many of these classes are online. There are classes on starting seeds indoors. While it's early, it, it is a good idea. There's there's a seeding that you can start in uh, milk bottles uh, in the winter and put those outside, the big plastic uh, milk gallon jugs. And, you know, you can learn a lot of different techniques. Uh, you can also do a lot of exploring websites for for uh, diversity. You know, one of the things I was reading about recently was uh, uh, tracking and and tabulating the diversity of your own home property. How many different plants do you have on your property? And this is something you can do without going outside. It's helpful if you can see all the plants. But if you just try to make a list of how many different kinds of trees do I have on my property, uh, what am I missing? What other kinds of trees am I missing? So increasing diversity uh, on our properties is a really good idea. And looking up and taking classes now, I'd recommend that. Yeah, great idea. Uh, 651-461-9226, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, this uh, listener, Mary, said, I put my amaryllis in a dark room middle of October. When should I bring it out? Should I fertilize it right away? You should definitely bring it out. And uh, it isn't fertilizer that it's going to need so much as it is warmth and water and good light conditions. Um, but yes, you know, it's not a requirement to give amaryllis a dormant period. Many people do, and that's fine, but um, I would definitely bring it out. It takes um, it takes six or eight weeks for an amaryllis to bloom uh, once it's started to grow. That's, that's kind of an, an average conditions, but um, amaryllis don't need a lot of care and that's one of the reasons they're such a great plant to give the basically the the new bulbs are kind of a guaranteed to bloom the second year and afterwards it is harder to get them to bloom but you can do it if you give them a lot of light in the summertime basically put them outside uh, in the summertime I know we've had these question, this question before a number of times, Mary. Uh, it was about a critter question. Uh, they looked like uh, f- fruit flies. Uh, I'm not sure what they are, but how do you get rid of them? I wonder if those are, what, what do you call fungus gnats? Yes, fungus gnats are a common, uh, more of a nuisance indoor uh, insect. And they actually live in the soil. They are a little fly, and they have a tiny little maggot or worm-like that's their um, immature form. And they're in the soil of really, it's basically they feed on organic matter, and sometimes they feed on roots in the soil. But... um, you try to keep your house plants a little on the dry side, especially on the top. If you let the top dry out, uh, that is helpful. Um, you want to make you want to identify these and make sure that is exactly what you've got. You can sometimes see them when you water a pot. You can see them uh, fly around, or they're they're walking uh, on the soil there. Um, they're usually more of a nuisance than anything else, but we have some good uh, recommendations on how to control them. Uh, you can use insecticidal soap on the, the surface of the uh, soil, but not a lot of it, uh, basically a little bit. 
And then another remedy is if you take a slice of a potato uh, and put that on the soil, the immature form, the maggot of this, likes to feed on the potato. So then you can trap these uh, immature insects and then throw the potato away. But uh, moisture will help them. So try to uh, keep your top of the soil a little bit drier. Okay. Let's grab a phone call or two, uh, Mary. Mike, I believe, is uh, calling in from Mankato, Minnesota this morning. Mike, thank you. What's your question for Mary? Uh, Good morning, Mary. I have a question. I have a friend that gave me four butternuts, and I was wondering if you'd give me some tips on how to get them going. Do I put them in pots or just throw them in the ground, or what's a good way to start the butternuts? So you've got the actual plants, not the seeds. I got the butternut itself. I got four of them. And I actually what I do, I have them in a uh, Ziploc bag in the in the refrigerator in potting soil. Um yes, so um if this is a plant, then I would um Well, it's a butternut tree is what it's like a it's they call it a white walnut. Yes, yes, I know what the plant is, but do you have the little seed yeah. itself, or do you have an actual pl- a stick, a plant oh, growing? Yeah, it's in it's in the it's in the shell. Ah, uh, you have the nut itself. The nut itself, come on. Yeah, the nut itself in potting soil in your refrigerator. Good. Okay, so that's the dormant treatment that you're giving it, the cold treatment. I would um, I'd keep it in there until. Um, April or so, and um, then I would put it, uh, I'd plant it outside in a place where you can watch it. If you want to plant it in a pot, um, after about three months in the refrigerator, you could put it in a pot, but then it's kind of, you got to, you got to deal with that in your house. You can't put that outside. So I'd wait until the spring and either put it in a pot outside or in the ground outside and mark it clearly and then watch it. Um, I'd specifically have to look that up to see about the amount of time it takes for butternuts. But this is a this is a good tree. It's a great tree, native tree that's not uh, grown very much. So yes, I would really try to get those um, to grow. But if you give them the cold treatment in the refrigerator for a few months and then plant them outside, watch carefully. Um, hopefully they'll germinate. Oh, good luck. Treatment in the refrigerator for a few months and then plant them outside. Watch carefully. Um, hopefully they'll germinate. Oh, good luck, Mike. That's great. Yeah, that's great. We go from one Mike to another. Mike in Plymouth is uh, on the horn uh, with a question. Mike, what is your question for Mary? Hi there, Mary. Um, I have a question about, I think they're called burdock, whatever the, the um, they're like the tall stick plants that have the little spheres that have uh, little hooks on them that, you know, when you're walking through them, they get caught on your clothing. I don't know what that plant is called. Yes, that's right. It is burdock or stick tight. It's another, yes. Well, here's my question is um, there's a bunch of it along the paths that I walk um, in my neighborhood. And I'm wondering if I were to cut all that down now, when there's snow on the ground, does that, would that freeze the seeds that are in there so that they would die before next year? Is there anything like cutting them down right now? Would that help at all to kind of reduce them? Well, cutting them down right now will, if you remove the seeds, then you remove the potential for new plants to be there. But the seed can live through 
uh, very difficult adverse conditions outside. So unless you remove the seed, those seeds are going to germinate outside. So just cutting them off now when they're brown and look like they're dead, that's just, um, yeah, unless you remove them, that won't make any difference. Burdocks are really difficult to control, and a lot of times they're a biennial, so they have a small basal rosette the first year, leaves on the ground the first year, and then the second year they throw up that seed stalk with all the branches on it and the little round balls, and each ball has a thousand little stick-tight seeds on it. So that is really um, a really difficult plant to control. But um, cutting, removing the seeds is one thing, and then um, digging out or removing the basal plants, never letting them flower is the second thing. A labor of love. Uh, big job. Big <laughs> job. Yep. Mary, we, uh, we're we going to take a break and uh, look at that chilling forecast, and we'll have more show following. Any kind of a lawn or garden question, let's hear from you at 651-461-9226. From News Talk 830, this is WCCO. And good morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Answering those lawn and garden questions today, Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota. And Mary, we still have a bunch to uh, folks to uh, help out here. 651-461-9226 for either a phone call or a text. I was just thinking, uh, albeit a, a chilly day, a chilly week, it's still a good time to get to the Arboretum, isn't it? Yes, it is, and there's still uh, plenty of things happening at the Arboretum. This weekend, uh, today, especially, I think it's actually just today, is a winter wellness fair. So there are a lot of vendors there with food and other products uh, concerning wellness. There's a whole day full of workshops and classes with yoga and other uh, topics. Now, some of the classes are full, but some of the classes are open, and they're all indoors, right? (laughs) All indoor classes today. So it's a good uh, chance to go to the Arboretum. There's a beautiful gift shop there. There's a cafe where you can have something to eat. Uh, there are art displays inside the building. So it's, it is a great place to walk around. The snowshoe trails are minimal, as um, many places in Minnesota don't have enough snow. But um, normally it's a great place to walk around outside. And, of course, if you bundle up, you can walk around outside. Yeah, and uh, again, to to get there, and it's really an easy deal with the parking. But you got to re- reserve online, don't you? Oh, thanks for yes, thanks for reminding that. Yes, uh, everyone needs to get a ticket online. Uh, they're timed tickets, and they're open. There's several hundred tickets available every half hour. Very easy to do. Just go on the website, and you can easily set up a time to go uh, to the arboretum. Very good. You will you will be going back. After that first visit, for sure. Uh, this is not a question, just a comment. We divided a huge heirloom Christmas cactus in the fall and created four pots, and they are all blooming. 
As, oh. my as my daughter said, the plant just said thank you and had room to grow and bloom. <laughs> so there. Yes, that's wonderful to hear that. Good, good news. Uh, Mary, this texter says, with coal like this, we are not in zone five, are we? <laughs> Actually, we are. Uh, zone five is 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 the new uh, USDA hardiness zone map for the Twin Cities and for uh, a big area, especially uh, the southern part of the state, down along uh, where it uh, meets Iowa. That is now a lot of that has been reclassified as Zone Five. But um, yeah, Zone Five it still gets below zero, but it doesn't go down to twenty below. So that is, you know, 10 below is, is zone 5, but 20 below is zone 4. So unfortunately, yes, uh, we still uh, are going to get uh, cold conditions. But that's a real interesting observation because a lot of people now will think differently about what they can plant here. But it does have a lot to do with the microclimate and your own uh, specific property. So if you're in the metro area, it's going to be warmer than it is for me in Plymouth, even though now my 55447 zip code is classified as Zone 5. But the Arboretum is still classified as Zone 4. Oh, it is. So, okay. Yeah. So the, on the new USDA uh, plant hardiness zone map, you can put in your zip code, and it will tell you immediately what your zone classification is. And while it is warmer than uh, it used to be, I, I'm debating, should I plant one of the uh, Japanese maples that has not been hardy for me before. There's some beautiful viburnums that are fragrant that uh, I'd love to plant those and see how they would grow. Um, so you still have to th think about this and think about your own property and, and the exposure that you have as to whether or not things will really change. There still are variables. So uh, Yes, that's a good way to put it. Still are variables. Yeah, it's like they say, it depends. Okay. <laughs> yes. uh, texter says this, Mary, do green ash borers lay eggs in dead trees? So if I have a dead ash in the woods, will it make more borers or, or do I need to take it out? Well, most of our municipal foresters are encouraging removal of uh, ash trees, especially when they're showing symptoms of the borer. Um, and so once the tree is dead, uh, the question is, it's going to have fewer and fewer borers the longer it's dead because the borers can't live there. Woodpeckers will come in and they'll take them out. Uh, so the, the good thing is this is food for uh, woodpeckers. But at some point, the, it becomes so dead it won't support any more insects. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's um, a question of... Um, how old the tree is, how long it's had um, the borers on it. Some foresters say that the uh, emerald ash borer, it can, the tree can actually have the borer, and it can take up to five years for you to really see the damage and the tree to die. Mm. So it can, it can be there for a long time, and so that does just perpetuate the number of insects that are out there. Um, 
it's that's that's a tough question but yeah. um if you know it's got bore you probably should remove it all right let's grab another phone call we'll move to another zone as we head to duluth minnesota this morning bob is on the horn bob thanks for calling what's your question for mary i have red lake current berry bushes are you familiar with those yes uh-huh so i planted them 20 years ago above a retaining wall and I love the berries, I love the bushes, but now I have to tear down the retaining wall and redo the retaining wall, which means I'll probably either have to transplant them or just go buy some new ones. If they're 20 years old, do you recommend tra- trying to transplant them, or should I just go out and bite the bullet and buy new ones when I redo the wall? You know, I I think the easiest thing is probably going to be to buy new ones. Um, the other thing, the um, how much of the root system you'll be able to actually dig up when the plants are 20 years old, they're fairly large. It's going to be hard to get enough of the root system. You're going to have to cut back the top. It's just a lot to deal with. So I would say the survival rate is going to be pretty low on older plants like that. The other good thing about buying new ones is all the new currants are uh, resistant to the white pine blister that. The other good thing about buying new ones is all the new currants are uh, resistant to the white pine blister rust. So you won't perpetuate that. That used to be a, an issue with currants and white pines, but the new ones don't have that now. So you will be assured um, of not uh, perpetuating that disease. But, you know, you could try it and just see how it goes. How difficult is it and what have you got left? My experience has been the less root system and the less top you have on those big old transplants, the harder it is for them to survive. All right, Mary, uh, we need to take a break, a quick one. Uh, We have more show to come after that break. Right now in the Twin Cities, we're at five above. We're heading to seven below overnight uh, here in the Twin Cities. We're only going to get up to about two below for a daytime high tomorrow, three below for a daytime high Monday. Again, a plus five here on Newstalk 830 WCCO. Stay with us. And good morning here on a Saturday morning. A chilly one, five above zero, heading for seven below overnight tonight. We're in the midst of our lawn and garden show. We call it Smart Garden. Mary Meyer from the U of M answering those particular lawn and garden questions today at 651-461-9226. We still have uh, time for uh, for yours. Mary Texter says uh, this, I have a Jamaican lily in a pot which flowered outside last summer. I cut it back and put it into a dark, dry basement. Two questions. Is this just another name for amaryllis, and how soon should I bring it up and water it? Oh, gosh. Great question. Jamaican lily. I'm going to have to Google that because I don't know what that is. You're doing that now, in fact. Yeah, I'm doing that now. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it's well. Okay, so this is this is what happens when you Google Jamaican lily. I have twelve images here. Each one 
is a different plant. Mm. <laughs> Each one is a totally different genera. Several lilies, but oh my gosh, here we have, uh, yeah, I, I have just gotten, I guess I would say this might be a common name for ginger, alstroemeria, uh uh, day lily. There's a regular lily coming up here with Jamaica lily on. There's also agapanthus. Gosh. Okay. So let's go back. What did, What was the question? This person said. Uh, the, the, again, the Jamaican lily. They want to know if again if that's just another word for amaryllis. But the 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 main question is how soon should I bring it up and water it? Yes, I I would. I would, if you had this, I, hopefully, maybe it's something like uh, an amaryllis. So I would start to water it now. Um, as a, another question was, you know, uh, bringing it up, it can take six weeks for it to actually flower, but put it in good light uh, conditions. And then once you do have it growing, um, you can take a picture of it. You could send it in to ask a master gardener, and you can really determine uh, what uh, what is that. That um, can be a common name that refers to many different uh, plants. I'm even seeing here a Jamaican tree lily, which is actually a totally different tree-like plant, a tropical plant. So common names, sometimes very uh, confusing. Yeah, misleading. Uh, listener says this, Mary, via text. I have four raised beds in vegetable in a vegetable garden. Uh, one has strawberries. The other has miniature raspberries. I had to replace the strawberries last season, but found masses of very fine roots in the bed. Uh, pull them before replacing with the new plants. What to do about them without using poisons? So I think they're saying what to do about the the weeds, those fine roots that they yes. found without using poisons. Well, removing a lot of them, um, the roots will help a lot and hopefully give your strawberries a good start. Uh, the question is here is what is that weed? What is that plant? So with just the roots, you won't be able to tell. But once you see weeds starting to grow in the springtime, again, you can take pictures of those. Uh, the free app is iNaturalist that many people use. It's very good at identifying plants. Um, you can take a picture of the plant. You can send it in to ask a master gardener. Or you can match pictures that are on the website. What's What weed is this at the extension.umn.edu website? All right, very good. Uh, listener wants to know what type of trees can be trimmed right now, this time of year? You can do a lot of pruning right now. Most trees can, when they're all the deciduous ones that are dormant, you can uh, do pruning. It's safe to prune oaks now, ash, birch, maple. Any of those can be pruned. You can also start pruning fruit trees. We normally think of doing that at, towards the end of winter, but apples, um, all of our fruit trees can be pruned now. So the only thing I would say not to prune are uh, the spring flowering shrubs, uh, magnolias, forsythia, lilacs. If you if you prune those, you won't hurt the plant. You just take off the flowers because the the flower buds are sitting there waiting for spring. Okay. 
A listener wants to know, I think it's a good question. I should know this, and I'm sure we could find it by going online. What are the hours of operation at the Arboretum? It's a good question. Yeah, the hours of operation at the Arboretum. I'll look. I think we just lost Mary. <laughs> well, she went to look. Come back, Mary. Well, while we're waiting for Mary... I just want to to remind you that uh, coming along after the uh, CBS News and our local news, we're going to be in the midst of our home improvement show with uh, Andy Lindis from uh, Lindis Construction. So uh, keep in mind those any kind of a home improvement question. I know we're going to be talking about uh, uh, insulation for sure, given these uh, these cold temps. So that's coming along next hour here on uh, CCO. In the meantime, we're in the midst of uh, cold weather. It looks like it's going to be that way for about the uh, next week. In fact, the next seven days, it looks like not uh, not much of a break. Um, I think Mary has left us, uh, unbeknownst to us. So what we'll do is we'll take this break, Dennis, and uh, be back with, uh, with our home improvement show right after the news and the weather. So stay with us here. Five I, degrees above. Oh, there's I Mary. Get, did I get cut off? I'm you so did. sorry. That's I okay. I cut myself off looking at the hours for the arboretum. Did did you hear any of that? No, I did not. But real oh fast, what what's okay. when when do they close basically? <laughs> um, it's um, eight to five for the grounds, eight to four for the buildings. Oh, good. That's all we need yeah. to know, Mary. I'm Great. glad you came back. That's good. <laughs> Uh, I was doing a little tap dancing in the meantime, imparting some other information. But thanks so much, Mary. Always a pleasure. We'll, I know we'll talk to you again. Yes, thank you, Danny. Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota. Yeah, get those home improvement questions ready next hour here on 830-WCCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.